0: Hello, this is Reverend Colette duval Pandela. Welcome to our Wolf Wisdom Gathering in Nature's Classroom on Nature's Path. Today I'm joined by our Freedom. Freedom! <laughs> he is a feisty um, boy who um, stands up and gets counted. And he is here to help us talk about you've got the controls. So here we go. Kayushka is his um, native name. The Native Americans did not have a word for freedom because they didn't know the absence of it. Um, But they did know to set something free. So the, you know, to let something go so that you can express yourself and be free. And I chose him for my talk today, which is called You've Got the Controls. Now where we got this actually is from a show called Valor that we like to watch. And it's... um, helicopter uh, pilots. And when they trade off in the air, they say, you've got the controls. And then whoever is given the, the idea of you've got the controls, I've got the controls. And then they go back and forth. But um, I was thinking of this idea of, uh, of you know, our freedom to take the reins. You know all of those little expressions that we have. Take the wheel actually was a talk that I did um, a, a few years ago. It's like it's up to you. Where are you driving your car? Where are you moving your controls? How are you taking charge and moving forward and? Um, freedom likes to dominate <laughs> Freedom is not happy and he goes around to the other wolves because he wants to drive the pack leader of the pack, which is his job, actually. Not in this pack, unfortunately, but he would be that lone wolf that would leave because he has an intuitive, unique um, expression that needs to go out and have a pack of his own and do his life the way and he needs to on his own terms. Now, because we are responsible for him, we can't let him do that, but we give him as much freedom to do that here. And when you know and you trust leaders like Dakota, you know how you see, you guys have seen how our PAC trusts Dakota and Alaska. And um, actually, when we take him out with some of the girls that he is comfortable with and they trust him, the, this cooperative happens, this connection happens with each other. And what's funny is, um, I know that all the males will relate to this in the room, <laughs> and all the females, but once he establishes that, the girls really take charge. Because <laughs> he tries to rein them in for them to go where they, he wants them to go, and they go off in a different re- direction, and he'll go like, well, wait a minute, hey. But they're on their way to something wonderful. And he follows <laughs> and he goes and he participates. So, so much for the leader of the pack. <laughs> but that trust involved in that pack dynamic, going out and exploring the property and exploring the ground squirrels, which is what they're really looking for. You know, it, it, it's a cooperative and then they work together. But this establishment of this kind of tribe has to start first. But no one in the PAC has to submit to not taking their own controls, not participating in their job in the pack, which is already established as they're raising each other. So their gifts are accepted. It's when they cross over that, those lines, when they try and do something that they're not suited for, or that does not help the cooperative, that's when they get shut down a little bit, and then they get in line, and then that cooperative starts again. But the teachers, look at him. This is the morning Clifford. <laughs> Freedom's all over him. John Paul Sartre says this, man is condemned to be free. Because once thrown into the world, he is responsible for everything he does. It is up to you to give life a meaning. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we start, everybody relax into your chair. Let mother Earth hold that chair. You can't fall. You don't have to hold on to yourself. You're completely supported. Thank you, Frida. child receives protection from a mother's warm what I know. I trust and know and have faith that there is a creative force, an intelligence that we are made of. That is the creator of all things seen and unseen and not just today and in this moment universally but into the future as well. That creation always is happening and you've got the control. I know that I am unique and a unique expression of this creative energy and this creative force, and I know that you are too, and I claim that each and every one of you have these controls and the wisdom to know where to drive in that direction, coming from your inner heart and your soul and your passion, leading you where to go despite appearances to the contrary. That you matter that your presence here matters. That you are here for a divine purpose. There is nothing else that I know that you could possibly be here for. And it is not to serve others, it is to serve this mission that you came here to do and you are in the driver's seat. You have the controls. So I'm really grateful for this knowledge. I'm really grateful for your presence. I'm grateful for all the good that has come to me before now, the good that is here, and the good that will always be into affinity. I believe that, and I release these words knowing that we are held in the hands of grace, that my words have universal truth to them. And I say, and so it is. Native Americans say, a ho, amen means, and so be it. Namaste. Ralph Waldo Emerson says the civilized man has built a coach but has lost the use of his feet. It's not the coach that gets you someplace. It's not the technology that's getting you anywhere. It is not what we have created that is that matters. It's what we do with that creation. It's what we're going to use it for. It's how we apply it. Are we using it to progress humankind, to connect more to each other? Or are we using it to isolate ourselves, to be less and less connected? to be more connected with the technology because the possibilities of all this creative energy and all the things that we have created. It's your choice of how do you use it. So watch somebody's feet, Do you know what I mean? Where are your feet headed in that direction? Where's the map? Where's your course? It's not the car that's important. It's not the airplane that's important. It's not the spaceship that's important. It's not the train, the subway. It is where you're going. And you've got the controls. J.K. Rowling says, there is an expiration date on blaming your parents for steering you in the wrong direction. The moment you are old enough to take the wheel, responsibility lies with you. I cannot not talk about these kids that marched yesterday. If you guys don't know about it and what has happened, 800,000 people showed up in Washington, D.C. yesterday. Over 834, about that number, all over the world, marched all over the world in different places. Every single state had a march. Now, it's not because they were marching for, or it was not that they were marching against something is why I think that it worked. It's because they were marching for something. It was called the March for Our Lives. So you can't create that kind of masses, <laughs> you know, unless that's your intention. Their intention is clear and it is resonating with that many people, millions of people all over the world, not that message a march for our lives whatever that meant to them now i know what the issue was that they were marching and speaking about but that many people do you know what i mean i think because the consciousness is we're marching for our lives we're marching for our futures and that that was what was in present and possible and that the that that was organized within a month and a half Now, whether you agree with what they were marching for or against or how that, but that just changed the planet because it made history, because it's the biggest thing that has happened in the world thus far. That tribal community that got together, that's what's impressive. And then I look at these kids, you know, and you see all these comments saying they've been indoctrinated that they've been brainwashed. How do you brainwash that many people (laughs) all over the world to show up to march for our lives? Right? They're marching for their lives. This is life and death to them. People showed up for that. I don't know if you heard them speak, but I don't think you can BS those people. (laughs) Those kids know what they're talking about, know what they're saying, they know why they're saying it, and they know what they want. And they have great intention. And they wanted to be heard, so they took the controls. Dihani Wahoo says this, We children must attain multiple vision to look beyond appearances to understand the subtle messages beneath the surface believe none of what you've heard secondhand and believe half of what you see get true vision from the eye of your heart what is the your heart telling you when i say despite appearances to the contrary if you think the world is falling apart and that we're all screwed right <laughs> and so it is If that's what you believe, and so it is. But if you think you matter and that you want to know what real truth is so that you know what map to set your course on, so you know that you've got the controls and that you're responsible for the wheel and taking that direction, then you need to really look, see beneath the surface, take it all in, check it all out, And then make the best decision for you and stand by it, despite what anybody else says, including your parents. I'm sorry, parents. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. It's true. Your parents can take the controls over your humanity only if you allow it. And parents, you are not in control of their humanity. The only thing you control is (laughs) to teach them how to live a full life coming from their heart and knowing right from wrong. To give them the stuff that they need to walk out into the world and say, this is me. I am who I am, and this is what I know. You may not agree with me, but that's okay. Because I am what I am. And I'm gonna go in this direction, you can go in that direction. And hopefully we will serve the planet the way we're supposed to. Edward McDonough says this, the car has become a secular sanctuary for the individual. His shrine to the self, the mobile Walden Pond, <laughs> right? How much do we hold the precious our trucks and our cars and our boats and our homes, you know? They are pro- we are giving them power, do you know what I mean, to separate us sometimes, you know? Now, when I lived in New York City, I came from here, driving in my little car in the parking lot that we call freeways, <laughs> isolated alone with my little music. And then I moved to New York with no car, having to walk along the street amongst everybody, go down under the ground <laughs> two stories down, and get on a train with thousands of people, there is no car. <laughs> you ha- I, I literally had anxiety attacks for the first few times in running in the, in the subway. Um, I, I had to get up and walk like 50 city blocks sometimes because the anxiety in me was not used to that many boundaries, Do you know what I mean? I, I freaked out. I freaked out literally being around that many people. Um, and I could say it's claustrophobia, but it was this, just that I was not used to having that many people having to be in my space, in my world, or even being in the world with that many people on that level. And then it became exciting because I looked around and there was people from all walks of life. There was the businessman and the construction worker (laughs) and, you know, the janitors and everybody in the same place, in the same space, literally holding on to the same pole, (laughs) squished in with each other. It's quite an extraordinary thing. And it's funny because, you know, New York gets that kind of reputation, but it is very tribal. And you have to be respectful or you can't do that. You have to respect people's space, or you can't do it. It would be impossible to ride on a subway. Now, I take it for granted now, but I realize in today's day and age, and I read that quote, and I'm like, I'm never that close to any stranger. (laughs) Not here, I am never that close to anybody I don't know. Except when you go into those circumstances. And then you have to have an open heart, and you have to take it all in, and you have to be a part of that tribe. Heather Shuck says, taking personal accountability is a beautiful thing because it gives us complete control of our destinies." It was nobody's fault in the subway that I had an anxiety attack and had to leave that space. You understand what I mean? It's like it's not the crowd. I had to work my way through it. Just like you have to work your way through anything else. I had to work my way through the uncomfortableness of my cultural upbringing isolated in a car and then into my apartment. And the difference, the biggest difference that I noticed between living here and living there, and none of it is right or wrong, but people talk to each other in the elevators, (laughs) on the buses, in line getting on, in line at the bank, Here you come, you stand in line at a bank, nobody, you say hello to somebody, and they're like, whoa, oh my gosh, somebody's noticing me. (laughs) Even in places where we have to congregate, we don't acknowledge each other's presence because we're so conditioned to this lifestyle. And it was hard for me. Like, excuse me, are you talking to me (laughs) in the elevator? And then I got used to it, and I came back here, and you talk to somebody here like I was talking there, and you get the, the bridge. You know what I mean, there's not a bridge there. Carl Jung says, I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. Mahatma Gandhi says, your beliefs become your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your values. Your values become your destiny. He also says this, I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. Right? Not anymore. (laughs) <laughs> the problem is is we have grown up in different cultures. We have grown up in different families. We've been, grow, you know, no, no matter how small the microcosm is or how big the world globally is, we were all raised in a different way to believe different things. And then we want to, like, like freedom, wants to dominate the females and lead them in a direction that they may not want to go. If he was a different creature, if he was one of us, he might leave some impressions with his dirty feet on their minds, right? Which would make them and incapacitate them for years sometimes so that you can't accomplish what you want in life because those impressions, those footprints, are in your brain, in your psyche, and don't allow you to continue to go further. And so we live with these impressions. I was talking about it last week some way. You make me sick, is one of those things that someone said to me, they left that dirty impression on my brain. And I feel on some level that it is branded into my forehead and is my self-talk sometimes. Because the impact, when when my best friend said that to me when I was 11, it hit my soul in a way that I will never forget. And left that footprint in there, and it comes up often when I am (laughs) self-deprecating in the way I'm talking to myself because I mess up, or I trip, or I break something, or I drop something, or I don't call someone back on time. You know? The only thing stopping us is that somebody's still got the controls on you, and you haven't taken the controls back in a way that you trust yourself to move forward in that direction. And that's the accountability, right? I can no longer blame her for the upset that she had when she was 12. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I could hate her. We didn't even break us up. You know what I mean? But that, that moment stuck with me. That's not her fault anymore if I continued that self-talk and I continued to let that run my controls, then it's not on her anymore, it's on me. Because I am no longer accountable to myself. And on some level, I believed her. And unfortunately, that's the problem. is some place, because I loved her so dearly, when she said that to me, it must have been true. And actually, it was just upset. And so those things that we say in anger, they land. When you're not thinking clearly and you're not seeing the person in front of you, when you're not listening, we do c- and can do a lot of damage. Lawrence J. Peters says, speak when you're angry and you'll make the best speech you'll ever regret. <laughs> right? Yeah. Is it okay to be angry? Absolutely. How are you going to avoid it? But it is not a time to use that language to do more damage. And that's when you have to take the wheel more than any other time, is when we are, you know, losing it is what it's called. You have, I lost it. I lost it. And you can apologize up and down. You know? She has no idea that she left that mark on my brain. The mark's there. It hit my soul. It hit my heart in a way that I live with. 11 and 12. I'm not the only one who experiences it on that level. And it's just a little microcosm of an incident that should be a little bitty thing. And yet it wasn't at the time in my heart. We don't know how much damage we're doing. And that's why it's so important to be conscious. And it is the hardest work you ever have to do as a human being, I believe. You have to be conscious of how you're talking to yourself. You have to be conscious of where where you're going to land your words. Unfortunately, we were not taught, culturally, I wasn't, how to use and take that anger and do something healthy with it. We were not taught that. In fact, in my household, if you got angry, it just created more anger, and then you got beat up, (laughs) you know. And then everybody's just angry, and the incident is never forgotten, and nothing moves past that. It just leaves an impression that does not go away, that you have to work through forever and ever and ever. And so that accountability, that responsibility, as soon as you're old enough to understand what I'm talking about, it is up to you to take the wheels and decide how you're gonna treat yourself and how you're gonna treat everybody else. And what kind of mark and what kind of impression and what kind of footprints you're gonna leave in somebody else's mind. It's that important. Dee Dee says, I've got a bad case of the 3 a.m. guilts. You know, when you lie in bed awake and replay all those things you didn't do right? Because, as we all know, nothing solves insomnia like a nice warm glass of regret, depression, and self-loathing. <laughs> really? Really? Really, this is how we treat ourselves. Because this is how we were treated. And the only one who can break that legacy is not the girlfriend that I had when she was 12 and she got upset with me. She cannot fix that now. The only person who can do that is in the middle of the night going, you are beautiful, whole, complete, mathematically correct in every single way, and you matter. And you say it until you believe it over, and over, and over, and over again. Not because it feels right to you, but because it is a universal truth. And until you're able to embody that, you cannot serve humanity if you can't even have a peaceful night's rest because you're beating yourself up so much. How are you supposed to get up the next day and greet the floor with love? Do you know what I mean? Henry David Thoreau says, never look back unless you're planning to go that way. You can't fix it. It's done. It landed. <laughs> and, and you know what I... It reminds me of that thing, you know, it's like even spiritual practices, you know, it attracts a lot of people who want to get fixed. I want to fix myself. And you take class and class and class and workshop after workshop and you read all these books. And I'm not saying don't do any of that stuff because it's valuable. But don't do it to fix yourself. Don't do it to get fixed. There's nothing wrong with you. The only thing that's wrong with you is that you have forgotten who you are. And that passion that lifts you up and says, my life matters. And you raise your hand and you take your space and you take the controls. And you go for it. And you fall down. And you break things, including your body. (laughs) You know? You take chances and you get out there. And you say, this is who I am and I know I'm supposed to do this. Until you're not supposed to do that anymore. If it doesn't work out, choose something else. Mahatma Gandhi again. To give pleasure to a single heart by a single act is better than a thousand heads bowing in prayer. Every single person in this room and then reaches the sound of my voice can do something nice to one person today. And you're done, you know, (laughs) you have served humanity. It's that easy. That's that easy. Open a door for someone who's got, you know, full arms. Congratulate somebody for doing something that they're proud of. And you have changed that person's life and left a footprint that's not muddy, but that's full of light and it's full of love. That's all you have to do. He also said this, the greatness of a nation is, and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. I have good news for Wolf. (laughs) This um, spending bill that passed um, actually was filled with riders that would remove the endangered species. Um, list protections of the wolves in the country. And it was taken out before it was signed. And so the wolves are still protected. And yet, that was my expectation. It's been my expectation since they started the bill back in 2017. I've been waiting almost two years for the bill to pass and have that rider on it and then go from here with our educational program. And because we fought, and we have that consciousness, it ended up impacting people, and they called. And they took it out. They took it out. I don't know how much you know of a miracle that is, (laughs) given how many people wanted it to happen, and how powerful those people are in their little isolated cars, do you know what I mean, with their bank accounts, when they think they have the controls. And why this is so significant and why I'm bringing it up to now is that there's a whole consciousness out here about saving wildlife and knowing how important these creatures are to our planet that they did not have the control this time. It was unbelievable even to me. And I live my life this way. I couldn't believe it. I'm still in shock. That it happened. Now I'm not saying that we don't still have to fight the good fight and protect these creatures. You know what I mean. This is our lives. This is our passion. But I was shocked. Mary came in and told me the news, and I'm like, "No way!" <laughs> I waiting two years to hear the worst, and it didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't <laughs> happen. I cannot tell you what that does to my spine, to my belief system. To my heart to continue to do what we're doing. And this is what I'm talking about on a big scale. Very, very prominent, powerful moneyed people wanted this to happen. And I thought we were a minority. And this is This is our thoughts, our passions and our prayers and our energy and our commitment and our accountability and our responsibility that made that happen. At least that's what I believe. Mahatma Gandhi also says, happiness is when you think, is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony. You guys remember what harmony feels like <laughs> when what you think what you do and what you say are in harmony with each other and that's my that's what happened is that I'm very happy I'm very happy that that was so that that happened that I see this kind of passion for something good, do you know what I mean? Rising up, rising up for all to see and still check out, right? Nobody can be you either unless you let them. Secondhand information is not necessarily the truth. You guys know that exercise. You know, have you got done that circle where everybody whispers something into the ear and nobody heard the same thing? My brother's a police officer. He will tell me, witness statements cannot be trusted. Because everybody saw something different. And they make things up. And and I actually experienced that as a victim of a violent crime. I'm trying to give a witness statement, and it happened to me. And I was off because of my shock, my disbelief, my emotions, my trauma. Do you know what I mean? You can barely even trust your own eyes sometimes. So you have to look deeper into the truth. And sometimes that takes a while for the vision to come back. Check things out and make sure it's right for you. Check things out to make sure that it's real and that it's not made up. Don't take somebody else's word for it. Go find out the truth. Tiani Wahoo says this also. She is a, um, uh, Margie gave me this book and introduced me to her. And she's a beautiful native woman that talks about the spirituality of our lives and where we're going. And when I talk about the rainbow warriors, you know, the red race that's going to come back, this prophecy and save the planet, which I believe I'm one of. Um, I believe you all are too. (laughs) But um, she says this, peace is alive within us as a seed, as a song. To call it forth is a practice of clear vision and clear speech. See the beauty and praise the beauty. And wisdom's stream shall flow abundantly into your heart. With a clear voice, we affirm our choice. The sound is saying, it is so. So it is. The beauty path is the clear mind in the heart and the rainbow, the left and the right hemispheres of the brain perfectly integrated with that heart mind. Thus we change the world's mind of despair, of war, by realizing the peace within. We can limit the field of reality through limiting our own mind, or we can recognize the vastness of our consciousness and joyously refine and offer the creative gems that are special gifts that are our special gifts in this lifetime for me i don't know how to how i don't know another choice i don't know another choice i say it every week it sounds like a cl- cliche but love is the answer If you hit your pillow at night with love, your sleep will be better. If you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the ground and you start off with love, there's going to be a different day. And if you walk out onto your feet, or, you know, here we go again, I'm not going to sleep again tonight, and so it is. I've been dreading this day you get up and start your day with that and so it is you have the controls you have the power of where you place your mind and we have proven this over 70 years ago that it is thought that creates form and that's why and so it is means what it does Wherever you place your mind, whatever your thoughts are, however your heart really feels and believes, it is done to us as we believe. That's what Jesus said. And so it is. What are you talking to yourself about? What are you saying about the world? How are you hitting the ground and starting your day? Take the controls of your heart's desire. And also know that you have one. (laughs) That would be a good idea. So the inspiration for this talk came from the song from Incubus called Drive. And Greg is going to sing it for us right now. So let's welcome him.
1: Times I feel the fear of uncertainty stinging clear, and I can't help but ask myself how much I let the fear take the wheel and steer. It's driven me before, and it seems to have a veil. Lately. over wine and hold my own and drive oh, 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 oh sure for me before and it seems to be the way that everyone else gets around But lately I'm beginning to find that when I drive myself my life is found Whatever tomorrow brings, I'll be there with open arms and open eyes, yeah. Whatever tomorrow brings,
0: Coming off all over. (laughs) All his hair is coming out. Thank you, Greg. Anne Frank says this the final forming of a person's character lies in their own hands. A girl who did not survive the Holocaust, right? out of this young mind, out of this little teenage girl, this 14-year-old understood life in a way that we can only imagine under those kinds of circumstances. So whatever your circumstances, whatever it is that you're struggling through, which we all have our own travels and our own journeys and our own stumbling blocks and our own pasts, but we do have one thing in common. We have a future and we get to choose in this mo- this moment how we're going to behave in it, what we're going to choose about it, and what we're gonna step into, and whether we're gonna step into the light of our dreams and our heart's desires and our divine purpose, or whether we're gonna go backwards or wish we were backwards, and not live in this present moment, understanding that you matter, that we need you, that you're that important to not just your family and your friends, but to the universe and the planet and beyond. (sighs) Namaste. Thank you guys.